Hey everyone, today I'm back with Jason Frischman, the expert on fatherhood and creator of the Journeyman Foundation. Jason was on our podcast a few weeks ago talking about how fatherhood is a form of social activism. And he was so inspiring in our conversation. And we actually got so many immediate questions and immediate great responses that we knew we had to get him back on. So we did very quickly. And in this episode, he's going to be talking to us about the tools that he gives fathers to help them stay more connected to their families on this adventure of fatherhood, as he calls it. Specifically, Jason talks about helping fathers find their core values and be led by their core values and also helping them figure out what's getting in their way or imps is what he calls them. I really like the metaphors that he uses, so I might use them in my own practice as it is. I also will be honest with you, my husband, Robert was in the pilot program for his dad's coaching group. And I had so many questions about what they were doing in there. And also I just was excited to be able to figure out what Robert had been like talking about and laughing about for so many weeks on the screened in porch. So this was my, this was my way in you all. I hope you like it. Jason is a genius. Seriously. Take a listen and we will see you soon. Welcome to podcast therapist. Presented by Virginia Family Therapy. I'm Sarah. I'm Caroline. And I'm Amanda. As three family therapists, we know how hard it is to feel like you're being the parent you want to be while juggling everyone's needs. We specialize in helping families just like you during the long days of multitasking and constant searching for the bar of success. Our podcast mixes expertise, real life advice, and embarrassing stories. Whose embarrassing story? (laughs) Let's walk through this together. Welcome to Podcast Therapist presented by Virginia Family Therapy. You all, I am so excited to be back here again this week with Jason Frischman. Last week, he really was speaking my language about fatherhood and connection in fatherhood and the foundations of fatherhood as being a part of social activism. And this week, he is here to tell us how to do it. I'm so thrilled. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. It's really, I'm so glad to be talking with you again. We have, you and I have a long history and it's just fun to to talk about this kind of stuff that this is how we met talking about this stuff. And I'm learning so much. Before we get into it, Jason, can you give us a few lines about the Journeyman Foundation and what you do and who you are? Sure, I can do that. So I am a psychologist and I have special training in something called adventure therapy and in another uh, style of therapy called narrative therapy. So my excitement, the thing that really, um, I get really passionate about are stories and adventures. And in, I've been working as a therapist for the last 20 plus years, mostly with boys and men and families. And what I've seen is this ability that like the stories and the, the way that we share who we are has a powerful impact on on not just our reality, but the the context that we live in, right? And so using the metaphor of adventure or the metaphor of a journey as a way of growth and development and becoming more connected with those around you has become really the strongest tool that I have with, with men. It's the thing that men really resonate with, and it's also a lot of fun to talk about. So 
Uh, about a year ago, uh, maybe two years now, I started m- moving from in my office therapy to doing more online work, uh, where mostly because I could do it with anyone throughout the world, not just here in Vermont. And so I developed this program called Journeyman Foundations. And we do individual work, we do group work, and it's been incredibly powerful. It's been a really important experience. I've learned a lot from it, and I've watched fathers who are successful at their jobs, who are very busy in their lives, take really small actions to become powerfully and sustainably connected with their kids, their families, and you know the, the, the choices that they make in their own lives. It's been really amazing. So that's what we're going to talk about today, y'all, which, which is how does Jason talk to men and empower them and give them the tools and strategies to you know, have this adventure with their families and be connected with their families. But I have to say, my sweet husband, Robert Johnston, gave me the green light to say that he participated in the first cohort of the Journeyman Foundation. Do you call it a cohort? What do you call it? I don't know what I would call it, the, but, but this, that particular group, they were my counsel. So these were people who I knew and I asked them specifically to sort of test this out with me. And so they gave me all sorts of great feedback. I've been doing it in my office for, for years, but in this format, they were the counsel. They, they were fantastic. So you kind of piloted the program with them and then they gave you feedback. And, and here is what I will say from my end of it is number one, I can always hear my husband like with his cigar on his screen, like out on the porch, just laughing, you know, um, which is always nice. Like I think, and we talked about this last week, I always am like going out to restaurants and like laughing with my girlfriends and having a drink, but it was so nice to hear him doing that with a whole bunch of men talking about things that are really important, right? Because I think I know that fatherhood is probably the most important thing to him. And so to know he was out there just having fun and talking about it was really, it warmed my heart. (laughs) But the other thing I will say about it is that Robert Johnston made a really amazing commitment to not being on his phone between certain times of the day. And man, I could see that and I could feel that and my kids could feel it. And it was so beautiful. So, and it made me better, Jason, it made me better because he's now calling me out, which I don't love. But I appreciate that because I know it's good for our family. That's, you know, I've heard that from, I have the benefit in this particular group that I know the wives. And so many of them have reached out to me. You know, one of the wives from uh, uh, one of the guys who I've known actually since I was about 12, his wife texted me and was like, this is second level friendship you have going on here. Oh. This is next level connections. And it, it was, it, you know, I, some of the guys I've known for decades and we didn't have that kind of conversations, you know, I would say many of these guys I have close relationship with, they've all seen me cry. They've all whatever. And we've all done real big, strong, tough yeah. men things together. But because of the facilitated structure and the framework uh, and the metaphor of a journey, our conversations went deeper and they were a lot of fun. They were, you know, you're right. There was a lot of laughter. So what are you telling them on that smoking porch? What are you saying to my (laughs) husband and telling him to do that's helping me so much? (laughs) Well, 
I'm going to first make the assumption or the suggestion that if anyone who's listening listens to you know the previous podcast we did, because it has a lot of the ideas behind what I'm about to talk about. But the, the main thing that we talk about is how everyday life is an adventure and, and fatherhood is a journey. So if we really buy into that metaphor for a moment, we need a path, right? We need a path to walk on in this journey. And we need to recognize there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be challenges. There's going to be risk. And if we recognize that and still decide, I'm on this journey, then we have a different mindset as we're moving forward. So that's the very first thing. Right. Like we have to recognize that in a journey, like what a journey is, it involves challenge, obstacles, treasure, um, all sorts of things. And what part of what we do in this work is we identify all of those things in our lives. So just for an example, in big, massive adventures, you often have the hero who goes and like battles a dragon. Mm -hmm. Well, in our adventures, in everyday adventures, you know, we might encounter dragons, but we're not often that epic. And, you know, we talked a little bit last week about how if we're not epic, it's kind of troubling. And, and I think that's really important. That goes back to social activism. It's around the idea of noticing that the small adventures, the everyday adventures, I call them foundational adventures. If the foundational adventures are something that we are committed to, we're not going to necessarily get dragons all the time. We're going to encounter what I call imps. And these imps are troubling little boogers that have been with us generally since our childhood. They're internal. They are patterns of behavior. They are reactivity. They are emotions that don't fit, thoughts that are sort of a little skewed and don't aren't helpful. And they get in the way of what our treasure and our goal is, right? Like I chose to have kids. I chose to be in this family. My goal is to be as present and connected with them as possible. So my treasure is those moments when I feel really connected to my kids or when I feel like my wife and I are on the, on the same page or at least in the same chapter, right? Those are the treasures yeah. I'm looking for, right? So you're helping guys identify what they want first, right? Well, the interesting thing is we we touch on that, right? We're like, okay, what are the sort of vague pieces of treasure that you're looking for? And people often come up with the very first thing because I don't know about women, maybe you can answer this, but I know men have an incredibly hard time identifying what they truly want. It's not something that we look towards. It's not something we're we're trained in our in our culture. Right? What do I really want? I know what feels good. I know kind of, I'd like things to be happier. And, you know, I had one client who used to say, men just want peace in the valley. <laughs> yeah. And that's lovely and all, but it's not specific. It's not like, really. They want happy wife, happy life. That's what's passed down to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, like, it's funny because I, you know, we've all heard that statement. And while I have to agree, I also am so incredibly annoyed by it. Uh, oh, right? I agree. Like, I think it's crazy. You know, it's, You're it's right. It's terrible. Yeah. But... And so... What do I really want? So the first thing you're right, like we do a little vague, like kind of let's think about times when things went really well. Well, what was that about? What was in there for you? And like, so we get more higher upper level, like if things are good, like peace in the valley, we like that. But then my next question is, and this is we go right into imps. What gets in the way for you? What are the obstacles? What are the things that um, when you're 
doing when you're on your way, you're coming home from work and you're looking forward to a great evening and all of a sudden chaos ensues, right? What what are the things in you that get in the way? And now men are much better at finding terrible things about themselves than finding and identifying what they do that's really good in the family, particularly in the family. Mm -hmm. So it's a challenge. You know, this is one of the more challenging things is how to identify your own imps, your own patterns and behaviors. And what we do is we get really silly. It's one of the way we we one of the ways we laughed was I call them imps. You know, they really are. We talk about them like they're little creatures outside of us. I have the guys name them. You know, one of them was like Manny the motherfucker. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, these are things that we're supposed to look at and kind of like, oh, gosh, all right. Well, you're a part of me. I got to figure out what to do with you. And there's a lot of work about how do we recognize the impact of our imps in everyday life. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a big piece of our work because I've noticed and I've seen for years, if you spend the time to attend and pay attention to your own imps, even if I explicitly say, don't do anything different, people are going to do something different because you're paying attention to something you don't like. Mm -hmm. So you're saying one thing that men can do to improve their ability to connect with their family is to identify what's getting in their way and just pay attention to it. Absolutely. Yes. And I would say, name it, be aware of it, share it with your partner. Like this is one of the things that's really hard for me. I think I mentioned last week for me, one of my imps, I have craftily named impatience. See what I did there? Oh, I like that. And, <laughs> And it comes out in certain ways. And I've shared that with my wife and she will like point out, she'll like, listen, I think impatience is sitting on your head today. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Hold on. And I, I'm able to pull back. I've given her explicit permission to do that. And she's, mm -hmm. she's done that with me, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, one thing guys can really do is to recognize the patterns of, of what their imps do. Where, when do they show up most? When do they, you know, are they showing up at night when you're tired? Are they showing up in the morning when you're harried and trying to get everything ready? Are they showing mm -hmm. up when, you know, your kids are asking for the millionth time to read a book and you would really rather them go to bed so you can swipe down on Twitter or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like what are the times that these imps show up strongest and most sort of ardent, ardently, you know, like powerfully? That's really important. My gut. So I'm hearing this and I'm like, oh, I could name all my husband's imps. Do you know what I mean? But I know number one, I need to take that into myself because I have my own imps. Right. But number two, it's definitely for the women listening and the partners of, of men, it's not our job to identify it for the, for, for the fathers. The fathers really have to do the work on their own. Correct. Absolutely. And in fact, you're not going to get as far. I would suggest that maybe your need to identify Robert's imps is one of yours. <laughs> Jason schooling me here. He's right though, but you're right. Like it doesn't work. So any person listening to this, don't go home and like take it and start identifying your partner's imps. Right. You, you cannot go home and say, Hey, you've got a little booger bothering you. Let's look at it. Yes. No, I don't want you yes. to look at any of my stuff, you know, like I need to figure it out. And What's been really helpful is, you know, in working with men to do this, not only can we get silly in naming it, but there's like an ownership over it. I get to know this is mine. And, you know, the, the bigger piece of work, and this is um, really tough, but 
I absolutely have seen over and over time and time again, that our imps that kind of screw shit up and get in the way and make obstacles for us, they actually have our best interest in mind. Oh, of course. They're just misguided and they have, you know, what they used to do worked and now it does it, all sorts of things. And most men, when they first hear that are like, absolutely not. What do you mean? My guy's just a jerk. He's just a, you know, but as we evolve our relationship with our imps, we can bring them on board. And that's a whole other piece of social activism that we could talk about some other time, but we're not trying to cure or cut out or prevent our imps from ever impacting who we are. We're accepting them as part of our world. And we're mm -hmm. saying, all right, you're here. You have the key to my back door. I guess I'm going to have to deal with you. I don't want to react anymore. I want to respond. Mm -hmm. So once, once men identify their imps and have kind of put their arm around their imps, right? Cause that's what we're saying is put your arm around your imp. Your imp is not a bad guy. Your imp worked for a while. It's just not working as well all the time for you right now. And that's okay. Yep. So what's the next step? What's the next thing that you that mm -hmm. that fathers can do to stay connected. Absolutely. Before we get that, I just want to say one thing is that we don't necessarily get to put our arms around them right away. So we can do the next step first because part of the journey is the imp, no matter if we have our arm around them or we're like bothering, yeah. you know, getting them, smacking them off of us, they're going to stick around with us. They have always. Getting to be able to put our arm around them is, is part of the journey. It's part of the work. We don't necessarily get there first. So the first is just identifying it, just paying attention to it, just know, because there may be times when we don't get the imp on our side and we're just able to avoid it, right? Like we're just, oh, this is the time it shows up. I'm going to do my best not to let it drive because I really care about my kids. Mm -hmm. The next step is what I call the values compass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back to our journey and metaphor, right? We're on a journey. If you think about a compass, right? There's often the very simplest, there's a circle in the middle and then four points each way, right? North, south, east, west. Well, the center is your treasure. It's the thing you're looking for. It's like your absolute, it's your center. It's your ground. I mm -hmm. want it to be connecting with my kids. Mm -hmm. Well, my north, south, east, west are my values. They're my core values. They're the things that are most important to me. And they are the thing that will get me out of bed in the morning. They're the things that will like, if they're held up in front of me, they will help me make better ch choices. So when I'm disconnected, when Robert picks up the phone and, and is, is not being with the kids, right? If he were to look at his own values compass, none of those things would suggest being on your phone. So he'd have to put it away. It, you're getting lost off the path. You pick up your compass and you look at it and you can get back on the path. Mm -hmm. So what I do is, is recognize we have more than four values. Four uh, values are incredibly broad and, and amorphous and they're big. So I help people hone in on what's truly important to them for this particular journey, right? My treasure here is to connect with my kids. All right, what are my values? I might have lots of other values about the earth and the environment and all the things, mm -hmm. but what are my four core values around connecting with my kids? So I would put connecting with my kids in the middle of the, of the compass and then name those four values. And that, you know, the most important thing with that, like you get that, just like a real compass, there are three things that absolutely must happen for a compass to work, for this to work. The first is 
it has to be labeled correctly. So you have to really put the time into what are your four values here. And, you know, there's some false starts and you got to figure, once you figure it out, it fits and you know it. Wait, can you give some example of those values? Yeah, sure. It's an interesting thing because I, I think some of the guys in my group were, were surprised. Like one was preparation. You know, he said, I never would have thought that was really a value of mine, but I realized like, I really want to get that done so that I can be more free to connect with my kids. So it's really a valuable thing that like I value being prepared in a way that allows me to be more present. I'm like, great. Preparation is one of it. That's your North star, right? Like that's your North point. Another one was humor. Another one was, um, I'm trying to think now um compassion right you know compassion is one of mine and it's really interesting you know when my kids are having a hard time and i kind of you know i'm maybe feeling a little fatigued from the day in my work i want to be snippy i want to be like come on get over this but compassion is one of my four core Mm -hmm. and so i have to pause and i have to take some action that is going to express compassion. Like if I was watching a movie of myself interacting with my kids, I'd have to be able to identify, oh yeah, that's where I was compassionate because it's on my my compass, right? So again, the three things that you need for the compass to work are they need to be labeled correctly. You need to know how to use it, right? You need to like look at them and go, okay, how do I, what do I do with this now? And then the last one, which is almost the most important, you have to take it out of your pocket and look at it more often. Right. If you're lost and your compass is in your pocket or it's in your backpack and you don't want to take it out, you're going to stay lost. Yep. Right. And so having this values compass becomes absolutely essential in order to know, right, when the when the imp is getting in the way and knocking you off track for you to stop, take a few deep breaths, pull out your compass and go, oh, I've gotten off the path. Hold on. Let me figure out what I need to do. So for me, because I identified that one of my imps is impatient, just like you, right? So Mm -hmm. this morning, I was obviously yelling at my kids for not brushing their teeth and getting to the bus stop on time, just because, you know, that's what happens. And what I need to do, number one, probably identify a value, whatever it is, but I need to recognize the imp in that moment and also check in, look at my compass and say, is this serving that compass, right? Is being impatient right now serving my ultimate goal as who I want to be as a parent? And I think what you're saying is fathers need to walk through their lives, kind of reminding themselves of this, because that's the only way to make changes and be connected in the way that they want to is that they're looking at their compass. Exactly. And it's in small ways, right? Like the morning or, you know, I I think that becomes part of what we talked about last week around like big adventures is that we're really, we're socialized to think we have to do big things in order for it to be connected and amazing, whatever. But what I talk a lot about is in the morning when your imp shows up and the, you know, trying to get all these things, what's like the smallest unit of meaning that you can act upon? that would express this big value, right? So, you know, for me, my kids, I make, uh, I I write notes in their lunches, Mm -hmm. right? And I am known from their schoolmates and from my family that I write really weird, long, bizarre notes (laughs) that are as much for me as they are for them. I'm not shocked by any of this. This makes sense to me. (laughs) 
Recently, they have been getting a serial adventure story. That is, there's a story in each one of their lunches that they have to come home and switch or else they miss details and it goes on for a week. So there's like this long thing. But my point is, is that it takes all of about three minutes. And it is absolutely in line with my values. It is absolutely in line with, with my imp wanting me to do something different, but me saying, no, no, hold on. I'm going to teach you now. Like, this is what I have to do. And it's become an amazing, like really poignant, meaningful moment in the morning of me. You know, my kids will have everything packed up and they're waiting for me to put the notes in the lunch before they can put their lunch in their mm-hmm. bags, right? And they still get these, these notes. And so, you know, having small actions, like I said, the, the smallest unit of meaning that you can express is the most important when you're doing it consistently and regularly, you know, on a daily basis. Part of the putting your phone away was pick something that you will commit to every single day that is both an expression of your values and in service to your goal. You're in service to your treasure, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of connecting or, mm-hmm. you know, being more present or, you know, any number of things. And then you get to notice, you get the privilege of noticing when your imp acts up and you have better choices to make, you have better, uh, better possibilities and opportunities. And I'm even listening to this and I have made a shift in the last two weeks of I've realized I really want to drive my kids carpools, each one of my kids at least twice a week. It was one of those things that I was like, I don't need this. Like, I don't like someone else can do this, but man, I love having my kids in the car and their friends in the car and listening to all their, these nuts jokes. Like they are telling (laughs) inappropriate 10 year old jokes that I would like to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just one of those small things. It is, it's an everyday action that has really, that I had like, you know, it shifted out and I'm bringing it back in because I love it. And it's yeah. important to me. And that's exactly it because those are the things that are going to create strong foundations. So, mm-hmm. That's why I call them foundational adventures because you choose to intentionally embark on making these changes and making these decisions and they create a strong, solid foundation on which you can then do the big stuff and you can then, you know, um, sustain and weather any major storms in the relationship or, you know, things like that. So you had one more, is that right? One more. And I, and I can do it very quickly because it's something that I would love to gift any of the people who are listening now, because it's something that my son and I developed together and we call it the three wonders. Basically, he knows that I like working with words. I play with words all the time. And one particular day, um, outside note is he struggles with anxiety quite a bit. And so one day we're in the car and he, we were playing with the word wonderful. And I was pulling it apart and I was saying wonderful, right? Full of wonder. And he said, what's that mean? And I was like, well, let's play with that. And I said, well, if you're full of wonder, you're either totally curious or you're, you know, awe-inspired, you know, you're awed by the uh-huh. word, by something, right? And he looked, he got quiet and he looked at me and he goes, I don't think I'd be worried if I was wonderful. I don't think I'd have so much worry oh, if I was full of wonder. Yeah. And I said, all right, great. Let's, <laughs> let's find out, a, let's figure out a way to like get full of wonder. Like, let, let's figure it out. And we came up with three steps to become wonderful. And he practices it. Um, I've taught it to guys over the last couple of years. Um, one of the, the Vermont ski teams now uses it before every race. It's really wonderful. So step one is presence. Mm-hmm. How can you get present to right now? And the simplest way, the fastest way 
is go over your five senses. What am I thinking, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching? You know, what are my senses giving me right this minute? Take, you know, 25 seconds to just go through that. Then the next step is curiosity. What am I curious about regarding those five senses? And it's that's really important because if we're anxious, if we're upset, if we're annoyed, if we're impatient, if we're annoyed with our kids, we're going to be curious about that. That's where we're going to want to go to. Mm-hmm. But if we are facilitating this and we say, what am I curious about the things that I just sensed, you know, smelled, heard, seen, you know, any of that, that's going to bring us right, you know, even deeper into the moment. And it's going to engage our mind in a way that it wasn't before. And then the last thing also con- connected to the five senses is gratitude. How am I grateful for whatever I was just curious about, whatever I was just experiencing? So presence, curiosity, gratitude, just for that moment. And in many ways, that practice, I can now like see my son like gearing up or getting upset from across the room, say, you know, hey, do your wonders. You need to do your wonders, right? And the thing is, it's also a microcosm. It's a mini version of having an adventure in that moment is embodying this sense of like, I am wonderful. I am in this moment curious about what's going on and how can I do this? This is bringing action to my moment right then and there. And it will, you know, ground you and have foundation. So, you know, I say it's three minutes or less presence, your five senses, curiosity what you're thinking about those things and gratitude, being able to sort of truly feel some sense of gratitude for the experience you're having right then and there. And it works with my 10 year old, my 13 year old, you know, it's been a really helpful tool that we use. Well, if you've been in my therapy room in the last two weeks, the only thing I've been saying to anyone is anxiety is rooted in the past or the present. Right. And so this Mm -hmm. is, by the way, those people who've heard me say that this is exactly what Jason is talking about, because it's just being present in the moment connected to what's happening right then and there. So that makes tons of sense to me. So Jason, I'm sure, I don't know like the gender breakdown of people that listen to this podcast, but I'm willing to bet it's more heavily women. So what if a woman is listening to this and they're like, oh, I'm really fascinated by this. You know, this seems like it would be, I bet my husband would like this. What, what should a woman do? (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I would say, see if your husband will listen to this because we went over, you know, quite a bit of different information between last week and this week. So if he'll sit and listen with it with you or in the car on the commute or anything like that, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's on Facebook or Instagram, you can certainly look me up. I have a lot of uh, information that I, that I offer. I talk a lot about my own family and what we do. Then I also share part of this program and how to go from there. I, I think what is really important is to, you know, talk to your, your partner and talk to your, you know, and say like, Hey, what are we looking for in this? I, I noticed, you know, we're having conflict or where, you know, there's some obstacles and challenges here. Would you like to do something about it? Would you, you know, may, I heard this guy. Yeah, that's a good one. And then if you are a father yourself and you're like, Oh, I hear this, this, this is interesting. It's speaking my interest, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I want, like, can I learn more even? What Mm -hmm. what should people do? 
Well, I, I love to make time for people who are in that situation because I just get to talk about and hear about people's lives. So, you know, you can email me, jason at nourishedconnections.com. And we'll have this in the show notes, everybody, but yeah. Absolutely. On Instagram, I'm Jason S. Frischman and Jason Frischman on Facebook. Those are the best places to find me now. The the website is forthcoming. But right now, if guys are interested, if they're curious, you know, contact me. We'll make some time to talk. I, I've had some amazing conversations with men who, even in that one one conversation, they've been able to find something to hold on to that will help them, you know, that evening when the kids get home. Would you do this is just my own curiosity, because it, it's not therapy, right? Like it's not a therapy group. It's like a coaching group, you know, Absolutely. but would, would you have two men, two fathers that are a couple, would you have them in the same group or could they do it together? Absolutely. In fact, I have found one of the things about moving away from therapy and into more coaching is that if we go over what are the pros and cons of having someone, you know, in the group, whether it's your partner or a friend. Once we go over that part and we're over the potential pros and cons of having someone who you would be there with you, it actually has the potential to go that much deeper, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like, you know, Robert's my friend. I've wanted to like spend more time with him forever. And now I got to, mm-hmm. and we have this whole slew of new private jokes and, uh, you know, goals. And I can check in and say, Hey, you're still doing this. And he says it for me. And, and so Absolutely. In fact, you know, with the journeyman program, I have sort of some really nice specials around people who bring a friend and clearly a partner would be a friend. So, you know, it, 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 I have found I would never do it in a, in a psychotherapy group, but in a coaching group where, you know, if you think about sports coaching in teams, you want the team to be friends, you want them to work well. And so in this, even in the, the testing pilot group that I ran, which was a number of friends, even the people who didn't know each other, the trust went up so much more quickly because, okay, well, you two know, okay. Like we were able to reach a level of um, a camaraderie really that you don't see because we were all ready and willing to be there. <laughs> and it wasn't uh, overwhelming. It wasn't, let's talk about our feelings and let's go to like depths that we're, we've been high. It was really about like, what are we going to do now? How are we going to do this? Because what's most important feels to be like slipping through our kids' childhood, our relationship, time, right? And so men were able to like hold each other with that. Accountable, support, those kinds of things. I mean, I know it's not for me, but I want to go to the woman's version. It sounds like genuinely, I'm thinking about my imps. I'm thinking about my compass. Like, it sounds like it would be good for any parent. And I'm glad that you've found a space for men to do it. Cause I think it's so important and it's going to help so many kids. Right. And, and so and, many men, yeah. but you know, I'm a child therapist first, so I'm happy for all those kids you're helping. I am. So it has been actually my individual client and uh, just to be very quick, my individual client uh, that I worked with this recent, most recently, he brought his son onto the video for us to, you know, talk a little bit. And it was the sweetest thing because he was using the same language and he was able to like talk about what he wanted to do on his journey. And it was just so beautiful. It was really, really amazing. And this was a powerful, strong kid. That's really beautiful, Jason. I have a million questions. I'm going to stop myself though. Thank you so much for coming. We're going to link 
all of this stuff in the show notes. You guys can get in touch with Jason and learn more about the Journeyman Foundation. It is an amazing program. Thank you so much. If you all have any questions, you. you can reach out to us and we'll get you in touch with him as well. And thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe or share or find us on Facebook or Instagram or at virginiafamilytherapy.com. Thank you so much, y'all. Bye.